92.9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest sports columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. No, you ain't. ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly as soon as it drops. We're on a rampage. Bubbles popping up before you know where there's rubble enough. Cause we'll be pushing it up. Somebody say. Happy uh, Thursday, happy draft night day. Draft day. The context of which has changed a little bit in the past 24 hours as the Grizzlies, uh, while you were sleeping, acquired Marcus Smart. Tyus Jones, two first-round draft picks, sent out, and Marcus Smart, heart and soul of the Boston Celtics, is coming to Memphis. And boy, do we have the perfect lineup today uh, to talk about this, because Dan Devine is going to join us from Yahoo, your man Devine, of course, on Twitter. And Chris Harrington is going to join us straight up at 10 o'clock. So uh, we'll talk about it. Then Dan will talk about it. Then Chris Harrington will talk about it. And then I figure... Because Jason and John are going to talk about it, and uh, you and Mark are going to talk about it, and I figured we, we could use a little bit of a break at that at at ten thirty, and we'll uh, give away some a fabulous prize and play right in the right trivia. Jeffrey, what are what are we giving away today? Jeff, two tickets to go see Burt Kreischer's fully loaded comedy festival July eighth at AutoZone Park. So Kevin Cerrito will be joining us at 10.30, and we will play Writer Than Right Trivia, but before that, an hour and a half on the massive uh, the massive trade. Were you still awake, Jeffrey? I was, Jeff, because, I don't know, I've had this weird... Even though I was starting to get more and more skeptical that a deal was going to get done, mm. I'd had this weird thought of, all right, I'm going to stay up till at least 11 Central, Midnight Eastern, because for whatever reason, the NBA decides to put these arbitrary midnight right. deadlines, even though, like, technically they could get a deal done tomorrow or the next day. It's like, right. if it's not done by midnight, the deal's off the table. So I've just been staying up, and boy, was I glad I stayed up last night because yeah. did not have that one on my bingo card. So it was a fascinating day yesterday as it unfolded because um, during the course of the day, the news dropped that the Celtics were on the verge of acquiring Kristaps Porzingis in a deal uh, involving Malcolm Brogdon, a three-way deal involving the Clippers, the Wizards. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon would have left the Celtics. 
Kristaps Porzingis and, and gone to the Clippers, Kristaps Porzingis would have ended up going from the Wizards to the Celtics. Uh, this was the deal that people were talking about, buzzing about. Oh, my God, really? They're, what are the Celtics? What, 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 what are they doing here? What's How's this going to fit? I guess uh, the Clippers like having all the injured players, right? That so, seems to be like, so, yeah. So, like, they saw an opportunity to pounce on another oft-injured player. I think also Malcolm the— Brogdon. Isn't it like— To complete the set? It's almost like also the—I think you always want an odd number because, like— when you're multiplying, you know, odd number, odd number negatives, it stays as a negative. Seems like math to me, so Correct. I kind of avoid this. So, but, uh, but anyway, so that was the deal. But in the end, uh, the Clippers evidently decided there is such a thing as too injured, and that deal fell apart because of health concerns involving Malcolm Brogdon. Um, so there, the Celtics were still really anxious to acquire Kristaps Porzingis, and this midnight deadline was bearing down, midnight Eastern, was bearing down upon them, and the midnight deadline was when Porzingis had to opt in. That was the, there was a midnight, it wasn't a, a, a deadline about the deal per se, but uh, the Celtics, if they were acquiring Porzingis, needed him to opt in, and that happened at midnight. So, who knows when the Grizzlies got involved as the secondary option here? But the Grizzlies did. They're like, yo, Brogdon's off the table? We can maybe find something that works here. Can we go shopping? And so they, uh, they traded Tyus Jones, who ends up going to the Wizards, where he joins all the other uh, point guards in the league who aspire to be starters and aren't quite. Uh, Monty Morris, DeLon Wright. Uh, of course, CP3 is a starter. Who knows? It uh, doesn't seem like he'll end there. But Tyus Jones goes to the Wizards, and then the Grizzlies send away tonight's uh, number 25 pick and next year's Golden State pick, which is top four protected. Um, and they get back, and they get back Marcus Smart, the uh, the heart and soul of the Celtics. You'd have to say that's true. And in fact, if you, if you look at some of the reaction uh, from Celtics fans, it is, it's damn tearful. It's damn tearful, really. Um, uh, 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 glad I went to bed before news of the Celtics trading Marcus Smart broke because I'm not sure I'd have slept. Marcus Smart has been my favorite player since he was drafted in 2014. And Boston has made the playoffs every year since. Regardless of return, I'm very disappointed. These are just random Celtics fans on Twitter. I'm literally dead inside, not Marcus Smart. There's no way we traded Marcus Smart. I refuse to believe it. Or, not Marcus Smart, bro. He was our own. He had Celtic blood. Or, my little green heart is broken. What's a Celtic if it's not Marcus? The game can be so cruel. Or, not Marcus, legitimately emotional waking up to this news, true Celtic. Or, Marcus Smart was really the connective tissue of this Celtics era. From Isaiah to Kyrie to Tatum, he was the constant. And he embraced being a Celtics as much as anyone. He lived it. Wild that it's over so suddenly. It is true, by the way, 
uh, that Marcus Smart is one of only is the only Celtic in the last 30 years to play nine or more years, 500 games, and never miss the playoffs. Uh, he's one of 10 Celtics who has done that. The others are Kevin McHale, Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, Larry Bird, Sam Jones, Bill Sharman, Casey Jones, Tom Heinsohn, and Frank Ramsey, and then Marcus Smart. So, why did the Grizzlies do it? And what do we think? I like it a lot. (laughs) Bottom line, I like it a lot. Um, Uniquely, he solves two problems. He steps in, and while Ja is out, and again, this wasn't the, the priority. This shouldn't have been the priority. But it matters a little. For the 25 it's, games... It's, it's not nothing. For the 25 games that Ja is out, he is your point guard. And it's smart, and it's Bain, and it's Jaron Jackson Jr., and it's Steven Adams, and presumably it's Luke Kennard. Right? And that is your, uh, depending on who else, what might else happen, um, that is certainly a lineup you can roll with and win with for 25 games. So it solves that problem. And then, unlike Tyus Jones, when Ja returns, he can play alongside Ja, and he can play, not perfectly, but he can play the Dylan Brooks role. Um, Indeed, in terms of wing defenders, one of the few in the league who you would say is an upgrade over Dylan Brooks. He's Defensive Player of the Year. He is the first guard in 2021-2022. Well, he wasn't all defense this year. He is a a former Defensive Player of the Year. He's 2021-2022 Defensive Player of the Year, uh, became at that point... The first guard since Gary Payton to win. And I believe they called him the glove. Player, and I believe they called him. And yes, I did the, have those shoes. The glove. Uh, and so he's a tremendous defender. The Grizzlies now have, stunningly, the Grizzlies have uh, the last two defensive players of the year on their team. And they have the, the, the two players who've led the league in three-point shooting the last two years on their team. That seems... Good. Um, so he can he can fill in for Ja, and then once Ja returns, he can be Dylan Brooks. Now, is he perfect? No. I, I I've actually seen I've kind of been surprised by the reaction to this deal. Because, and who can, Twitter reaction isn't necessarily real reaction. Like, who knows where this is? But even Son Peter, who follows this stuff, whatever, he was on the fence about this deal when we were talking about it over breakfast this morning. And I think the arguments, just to go through them a little bit, the arguments on why you don't, why, if you don't love this, why you don't love this would be. Can I guess the arguments? Well, let's try one at a time. Let's right. see. Yeah, one. What's your What's your first one? Very small. Yeah, he's he's not your classic small forward. Right. And so, uh, if you were looking for OG Ananobi, right, he's he's not that. Like that's not what he is. He's not. And so, Ja, Dez, 
John Dez and Marcus Smart as your wings, that's undersized. It's a very right? it's a small perimeter. So he's he's not he's not your perfect three and D player who people dreamt of. I'd say that's 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 certainly one argument. Another argument? Inconsistent shooting. Not a great shooter. Indeed, over the last couple of years, he's basically uh, shot 33% from three, and Dylan Brooks has basically shot 33% from three. Not a great shooter. He's just not. Now, he has been a, as Drew Hill pointed out in his piece today, in the playoffs, uh, he has been better. Uh, he's shot better than 35% from three in the playoffs each of the last three years. So where Dylan has gotten worse in the playoffs, uh, Marcus Smart has gotten uh, better in the playoffs. He also shoots less than Dylan. Yes. Like, um, and so, so that matters more. He, he seems more willing to play a role that is not a starring role. Now, you can still find Celtics fans. Uh, indeed, I have found Celtics fans. Uh, there was one who said, uh, I'll miss him a lot. I will not miss him jacking up 17 threes a game. Like, there will be moments when you're like, what do you, th-? you know, and plus, honestly, he has, a, a, like, he, he gets, he, there's some highly publicized, occasionally he'll just complete gaffes that are like, what do you, what do you think of there, Marcus Smart? Partly because he plays the way he plays, with the edge he plays, but yeah, okay, so if you're saying what you needed was a 3 and D wing and shooting, it's not either of those things, right? Yep. You got any you got any other complaints you'd have? No, I think those those are the the crux of them because I think most people that are a little skeptical are it, it's it kind of boils down to this. It's like, can you really start in a playoff series and start close? However you want to, can you play consistently? John Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Jaron, and whoever you decide at the five to close with, or you know, Adams, or if you're. Closing with Clark. I think that seems to be the question. The other things that I would say uh, that I've that I've seen and as le- as uh, honestly and 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 may be legit. First of all, I think there's some concern. Um, in fact, a piece over the Athletic questioned whether his defense has eroded or will be the way he plays. He's 29. Um, he was Defensive Player of the Year two year last year. This year, he wasn't. Derek White actually took his spot on the all-defensive team, and there's some thought that he was not as good and that the way he plays won't hold up as well. So whatever, I've heard that. Um, and then I think a lot of the criticism is just about price. They're like, oh, well, I, I like Marcus Smart, but do we have to give up Tyus and this year's first? And uh, I'll address these in a minute. And next, and and the Golden State first? Particularly, it's that's the one that irritates people. And the... And that one for, for Marcus Smart. And then there's a separate question. Like, how did Boston both get Porzingis out of this and both of the firsts? Like, shouldn't one of the first gone to, gone to Washington? Yeah, Tim Murray, who, who is on VSIN and joins us on the afternoon show every Tuesday, texted me. And he's a D.C. guy like, Mark, how, how did the Wizards not get just one? He wasn't, he wasn't saying, like, both. He goes, how did they not just get one first? Right, and 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 and... And from the Memphis perspective, it doesn't matter if the first right, end you're up giving in up Washington yeah, you don't or care in Boston. Where it goes. Like, right, fine, that's the price. But I have seen people make an argument that ah, don't love the price. Don't love uh, like like the player. Good addition. Don't like the price. So let's take a few of those. Well, now let's talk about 
why I don't care, <laughs> why I like it anyway. Uh, first of all, I really do think that the, the, the fact that he is uniquely capable of being the backup point guard and playing with Ja and filling the – like, you got someone who does – a lot of the things you needed in one package, which is kind of extraordinary. Like, Tyus has been great. Tyus has not been great at playing with Ja. Marcus Smart is. So that's one thing. Secondly, historically, he's a better defender than Dylan. And I didn't expect that. And not only that, he's a defender who, can, who guards little guys. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, like OG's great, but in the end, you need someone to chase Steph around and yep. Dame Lillard around. And, and, he, Murray. Do, and, and he does that. Yep. And um, so he's, a, he's an upgrade over Dylan defensively. He's also an upgrade offensively, only marginally as a shooter, if at all, in the playoffs, yes. He's a stunningly better passer. Like, he is a secondary ball handler creator one of the issues is the Grizzlies have had is they besides Ja they haven't really had anyone who can dribble you know Dez has gotten better at it but in terms still of doesn't feel natural yeah he, he's a terrific pass like Marcus Smart is a terrific passer and ball mover and so he, he's he's better that way he's under contract for three years now it's not like some bargain deal and in fact there's a trade bump so uh, but but he's under contract for basically $18, $20 million a year for three years. And so many of the guys who you look at the Grizzlies acquiring are like, well, take Ananobi. Yeah, great. Go get go, go, go try to get OG Ananobi. He's got a player option after this year. Is he walking after a year? It so happens, and people wonder about whether his age lines up with the Grizzlies particularly, right? Like, he's, he's, he's older than the, than the core that they have. But his contractual status lines up perfectly. He's under contract for the next three years. Jaron is under contract for the next three years. Jai, you know, they're all here for the next two or three years. So he's not going anywhere. And by the way, if it doesn't work, it's also a movable deal. Yep. So... So there's that element to it. And in terms of abstract value, I don't really care. Like, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. And maybe these are different people. I'm conv- I don't want to conflate them. It's amazing to me that for the last month and at the trade deadline, all I've heard from people was that, God, I hope Zach Kleiman doesn't hoard these draft picks. You know, like, what, what, what use is another damn Jake LaRavia going to do this team, right? Whatever. And then you go ahead and you move two of them, and, oh, my God, why did we have to give up the Golden State first as well? Like, I don't care. And honestly, Zach Kleiman has shown generally, no, he doesn't want to get fleeced in a trade. He doesn't wildly over want to pay for a trade. But if he likes the player, he'll make the trade. It's funny. You look back at the Justice Winslow trade. There, the Grizzlies were definitely criticized for overpaying. Particularly in the, because of the contracts they took on. But the problem with the Justice Winslow trade wasn't that they overpaid. 
It's that the guy Justice Winston. It's that he sucked. Yeah. Right? Like, it's that he, 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 was bad, he was a bad basketball player. He contributed nothing. They whiffed on Justice Winslow. He was injured, and then he was bad. And, uh, and, and so that, that. That, that, that was the misjudgment. Um, but I just, like, who, who gives a flip about tonight's 25th? Tyus is a free agent at the end of the year. And so, yeah, you would have liked to have picked the Golden. You like to have held on to the Golden State, but guess what? I don't think they would have done it without it. And by the way, this is its evidence of how, how their shrewdness in the past is rewarding them now. They only have the Golden State pick because of the trade exception that they got in the Mike Conley deal. They got the trade exception in the Mike Conley deal, which allowed them to accept Andre Iguodala's contract from Golden State when Golden State needed to offload it. And the price of them accepting the contract from Golden State was a first-round pick, which now have they have now used to acquire Marcus Smart. I like it. It's also, if you're talking about value, there's... Value is determined partly by the market. There's no such thing as abstract value. What was Rudy Gobert's value, right? Like, in the end, people are throwing draft picks at players left and right. I, I don't think there's a single team in the league that has a better grasp on the market for 3 and D players for wings than the Grizzlies. They've been trying to get them, you know, Certainly at the trade deadline, did everything they could. They told us they did everything they could to try to improve at the trade deadline. And then ever since, they've been figuring out what's out there, what's available, what's possible, what the price will be, what that will look like, who wants to come here. You tell me who the perfect player that they actually could have acquired is that is better than Marcus Smart. Here's a small, I, I got a newsflash for you. They weren't acquiring OG Ananobi. They couldn't at the trade deadline. I don't think they could have again. And if they did, they probably would have walked after a year. Dorian Finney-Smith, there are reports out there that Dorian Finney-Smith, that the Nets had been offered two firsts for Dorian Finney-Smith. Now, there's some people have said they were heavily protected, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I, the Grizzlies... The Grizzlies seem to know the market. I suspect they know the market. If there was some abstract, perfect 3 and D player who would have come in, given them shooting, given them Dylan Brooks's defense, and cost less than this, I, they would have done it. They sized up the market, and I think they incredibly creatively and boldly, honestly, Got a player who fixes a lot of things for them. The other thing that he fixes or might help fix is that vague word, culture. I have never subscribed to the idea that the Grizzlies need old players in their locker room. They don't just need veterans in their locker room, meaning this player has logged 12 years in the league. They had one of those last year, Danny Green. Danny Green was pretty clear. Nobody listened to him. Nobody cared. He was there. He was willing. He was podcasting. He was open. He was saying, I'm going to be a leader. 
all of that stuff. It didn't matter. Because A, he wasn't healthy. He wasn't... Do you see Dez's tweet? Like, Dez is thrilled. Dez is pumped. He, he, he wasn't... He was, he's not Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is a heart and soul guy. He is fierce. He is a, eh, a version of Tony Allen. Indeed, uh, a lot of similarities here. Uh, Oklahoma State, on the over-the-edge defense, maybe. Not the smoothest offensive player. He's better than, offensive player than Tony Allen, certainly. Former Celtic, makes his way to Boston. Makes his way to Memphis. I makes his way to from Memphis, from Boston. Boston. Yes. I, I, again, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Ja and Ja's path and all of that. I know that adding Marcus Smart shows a seriousness about the next three years, shows a seriousness about this year, and seems to me shows a seriousness about changing the locker room and changing, uh, ref, let's just say, refocusing this team on what matters completely uh, on what this team matters. There's no question there were moments that, that Marcus Smart would frustrate you as a Celtics fan. Uh, threes you didn't want him to take. It could be a little out of control on the edge, however you want to describe it. Um, but all, again, you, 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 you almost can't imagine the Celtics without Marcus Smart. That is what he has been to that team, and that's what the Grizzlies are importing. And so is there risk? Of course there's risk. Risk isn't any deal. His best years may be behind him. Uh, he, uh, how effective is his playmaking, which has been – really good. How effective is that going to be without, you know, if you've got Ja there, he can't shoot. You got Steven Adams there. He can't shoot. You got Marcus, uh, you, you got Marcus Smart there. He's not a great shooter. Who's Marcus Smart passing to exactly, right? Like who, we'll see how it all fits. Can you live with Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain and, and Ja as your, is that too small? Are you going to get crushed? Like, yes, there are issues here. There, there are questions, but I like the swing. Don't you like the swing? I do. I don't know if I'm as high on it as you are, but like I'm, I like. I, I don't know that I'm like hundred. I'm. I just like it. Yes, I a hundred percent agree with you. Like to me, also the box that it kind of checks. I told you this like all year, Jeff. Like I don't. I didn't think this team was very tough, <clears throat> and I do think it. It got well. It's it's like that. They they lose the D'Anthony Melton, Kyle Anderson, like that stuff, and then Steven gets hurt. And like that, and you add like this yeah. is that's the other thing. He's disruptive. Yes. The, the, the Grizzlies partly lived two years ago on dis, their disruptive Chaos. defense. Yeah. Um. So he helps that. I agree. Like that. That's the toughness veteran. I don't think you need someone making speeches in the locker room. You need someone playing Tough. like winning is what matters to them. Yes. And to me, like this, very much. And honestly, if he's not afraid to go at. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's the other thing. He's used to playing alongside young stars. Yeah. I, I, overall, 
like you I think what's your biggest what's your biggest misgiving? I worry that you're going to have too many non-shooters on the floor. That's still a problem. With that said, I 100% agree with Chris's point that he's been making for weeks now. Heck, it might be months now. If you thought there was going to be some perfect solution where you were going to fill in one player and you're like, done, good to go, 100%, that was never going to be realistic. So if you look at the boxes that Marcus Smart checks, he checks more boxes for me than he does than he does minuses. And well, so it's funny, Gabe asked me yesterday, who have you settled on as your three and D player you want him to get? And to me, there wasn't any answer. There, there, there completely was, agree. There wasn't any answer. I sort of had settled on Dorian Finney Smith as eh, he'll work. <laughs> you know? Correct. And everyone kept throwing that also name out there. Doesn't, also doesn't fix the shooting and doesn't do a lot of the things that Marcus would, Smart does. Would I rather have Marcus Smart or Dorian Finney-Smith? Marcus Smart. Not even close. Now you had to pay, you know, but. Uh, yeah, but I think I think also this is also, I think there's an aspect of when you read the Grizzlies gave up two first and Tyus Jones, that reads way worse than it actually is. So what are the Grizzlies giving up? They're giving up number 25 in a draft that most people think, uh, here's the truth. There's not a single player most people were even thinking that hoping would fall to them. Doesn't mean you can't hit, but like a hundred percent. A lot of years they're like, God, wonder if so and so falls to him. Brandon Clark. Like what if Brandon Clark falls to him? This year it's like, I don't even know who to root for falling to 25. Correct. And again, who knows what Golden State winds up being? But the odds are that they're probably the pick's going to be. Golden State's going to make the playoffs. Unless it's going to be a pick in the twenties, ankle, whatever they're going to make. Yeah, mid teens, high, whatever, high teens, twenties, somewhere. Pick nineteen. Yeah, like it's going to be in that range. So you're talking about the same thing again. But the fact, and, and that by you, the way, you you haven't done what Phoenix has done or Brooklyn has done or Atlanta. You haven't like you still have your first round pick next year. Correct. You, you know you you you've not you've not disgorged all your first-round picks. You still got your first-round pick next year. And by the way, you got contracts you can move. And, like, for me, if I'm going to be the guy that believes, and I said this all season, like, I felt like one of their biggest flaws was they needed more dogs, they needed toughness, they needed guys like Marcus Smart. Well, they went and did it. So, overall, again, like you said, this could not work. Who knows? Like, right. I, I've seen I've seen two other arguments. One is they would have been better off just keeping Dylan Brooks. It's it's not a real argument, ladies and gentlemen. It's they not. It wasn't possible. keeping Dylan Brooks, and and part of the reason they weren't keeping Dylan Brooks is because it's not just that they declared at the end of the season that they weren't keeping Dylan Brooks, and therefore that's irreversible, and there's no going back on. They're under no circumstances. No, that's not – they weren't keeping Dylan Brooks because of their experience of Dylan Brooks this year. They had decided it did not work any longer. He was not He was not rowing in the same direction. And so they were moving on from Dylan Brooks. So it's not, it, it's not an argument to say, well, what, what if they just kept Dylan Brooks? You didn't have to – you know, you, you give up Tyus and two first to go from – Dylan Brooks to Marcus Smart, that doesn't make sense. You weren't keeping Dylan Brooks. It's not an argument. The second argument would have been 
you could have done nothing. Like, you could have kept your powder dry, right, not traded next year's first. You could have traded this year's first for uh, this year's first. You could have traded for a first for next year, let's just say, right? All right. And so you could have kept your flexibility. You would have been better off to do nothing here. Just keep your flexibility. Um, wait for the prices for wings to go down. Wait for the next opportunity to come and get someone who solves your problems of either a classic wing or gives you more shooting, at least in that wing. I've heard that argument. Uh, that argument to me is poppycock. Is pop- what? Yeah. Poppycock. Yes. Poppycock. Yes. And why is it poppycock? Uh, because I can't say the S word. Um, number one, everyone keeps acting like you're waiting from some perfect option. I think when, when is this, like, when, let, is the, let's, when is the perfect well, trade? Let's also fall lay this out. Laps? Do you know what long switchable wings that can shoot threes? Do you know what they are? Expensive. And they're out. Like, you can't just go get them. There's a reason why teams no, don't they're, give they're, them up. You're, like, there's not going to be some abstract. And does anyone sit there? And after the front office literally said it was a mistake to double down on youth, right? And maybe triple down, whatever he's, you know, however he phrased it. Right. And everyone stood up and applauded. So you're saying the answer is we want more draft picks? Well, just not not actually to add the, the young players to keep them in the war chest of. Did, but in the war were these chest not the same stuff. people that are saying do something? No, I, I, I'm to me that's what really does strike me is that, and again these might not be the same people, but all I've heard for the past since the trade deadline, and it really irritated me at the trade deadline was. Why are they just so in love with their draft picks? I never actually thought they were in love with their draft picks at that point. I just thought they were trying to make a deal, and a deal wasn't there to be made. Um, but then don't be the people who turn around and say, when they finally deal two of these draft picks, well, you know, I love Marcus Smart, but I wouldn't have done it if I have to give up those draft picks. This the problem, what happens. The price is the price. You and I talked about this with the Panthers goalie. Uh, Bob. Yes. When he, Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky, they paid too much getting him away from Columbus, and it didn't work. And, yes, they didn't, they didn't win a Stanley Cup this year, but, like, I feel like there's – I'm someone that understands – like, I'm not someone that goes, uh, analytics don't matter, value doesn't matter. Like, I fully acknowledge, especially on a small market team, you got to work harder. Like, I acknowledge that. But this idea that – Sports is entirely some type of like game of chess or some right, type just, of where you're just trying to win in some abstract. You're right. trying to win on the court, right? It's like you're making a. You're it's not like, trying to just. Win. This isn't business school. It also is a little different. It depends where you are in the trajectory of their franchise. Like when Zach Kleiman was doing all these shrewd value things, it was in the context of a teardown, right? Now, here you are. You've done it. You've arrived at the window. At some point, once you've arrived at the window, you have to be willing to pay the price. I actually think the better example, and I'm, we're drawn from hockey now, which is ridiculous, yeah. but it's the it's Las Vegas Golden Knights who had made it to the end, uh, the Stanley Cup Finals, fell short, and so they traded for Jack Eichel from my beloved Buffalo Sabres. And some people said, you know what? They overpaid. They gave up too much. They gave up a first plus a, a good player, plus a young prospect. 
doesn't it doesn't matter if it works out. They overpay. It doesn't matter. And honestly, this is to me, this is the type of smart move. Yes, you your bank account's lighter today. But your bank account doesn't say zero. No. No, no, no. There's plenty more you could do. Like, By the way, they still have the mid-level exception yes. they can use. They still have next year's first they can use. I will say, in fact, this might be the biggest downside for me. Makes till the night less interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I'm actually fine with that because now I can focus on steak night. Makes tonight less interesting. All right, Dan Devine, we got, we got the real experts coming up. Dan Devine coming up next, then Chris Harrington joining us. Uh, in the meantime, I will tell you... Uh, yeah, now you can go to Bounty tonight. Go to Bounty tonight, and uh, they are, as they call it, uncompromisingly gluten-free. What that means is that one of their owners actually had a kid who had celiac. Celiac means you really can't eat gluten, right? And so without sort of even advertising it, they said, let's just use cornmeal and not use any wheat here. Um, and so the, you, you wouldn't know it. It's not some granola health place. It's a place where people eat big steaks and fried oysters and, and, uh, and have delicious wine and uh, all of this. It's not like it's, it's opulently, fantastically good. Uh, it is also uncompromisingly gluten-free. So if there's anyone you know who's celiac and, and can't eat gluten or just tries to avoid gluten, everything on that menu. You don't have to pick and choose. They're not like stars next to it or whatever else. Uh, the place is delicious. The vibe is fun. It's 410-8131, 410-8131-2519, Broad Avenue. When we come back, Dan Devine joins us. Then Chris Harrington. It is Jeff Calkins Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming up at 11 a.m., it's the Jason and John Show. Weekdays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station. We're talking with Justin Wynn, the GM of Red River Ford Toyota in Wynn. Good morning, Justin. Hey, Dennis. It's good to be here. I'm glad to be on Memphis Radio. I tell you, we've got a lot of good things going on. For the last couple years, you've seen dealers battle the shortage of new car inventory. You've seen prices on new cars going up. Well, those days are coming to end. We've been able to build a supply of new car inventory sitting here on the lot. So you're actually able to come by, look at vehicles, drive vehicles, push the button, smell that new car smell. I've got plenty of new Toyotas sitting here in stock. I've got new Ford sitting here in stock. I have access to over 700 quality pre-owned vehicles. So if you don't see something that's going to fit your needs and wants, please let us know. More than likely, we have that at one of our other locations. I'll deliver it straight to your driveway, just like I will with any vehicle purchase. There's no need to cross the river and come over, but you do need to give us a call. 870-238-7770. And of course, we're always open at RedRiverFordToyota.com. Have you heard about the game-changing jewelry store that's now open in Memphis and Poplar Commons? It's Genesis Diamonds. 
Genesis Diamonds, started by former diamond wholesalers who decided to stop selling jewelry to the stores and start selling direct to the public. No middleman, no nonsense, no pricing games, no pushy salespeople. It's the only store here with a nationwide low price guarantee. And the selection is mind-blowing. Hand-picked diamonds in all shapes and sizes, from a half carat to 20 carats, and case after case of earrings, pendants, bands, bracelets, and the most impressive selection of luxury pre-owned Rolexes in the state of Tennessee. If you're getting engaged or thinking of jewelry for any occasion, your timing is perfect. The nation's leading direct diamond importer has finally arrived in Memphis with values you never thought possible. Come see why Genesis Diamonds has been voted best jeweler and best place to buy an engagement ring for 13 straight years and has never lost a sale due to price, selection, or quality. Genesis Diamonds, now open in Poplar Commons. We all dream about buying our first home, a place where we can settle down, build our future, and create lasting memories. A place for us to call our own. Great Choice Home Loans can make it easier. With down payment assistance from Great Choice Home Loans, you can get $6,000 or 6% of the purchase price toward your home. So make your dream a reality. Ask your lender about Great Choice Home Loans or visit greatchoicetn.com today. Isn't it nice to be in control? Introducing the new MyPlan from Verizon. With MyPlan, you pick only the perks you want and you save on every one. So you're getting exactly what you want in your phone plan and only paying for what you need. All on Verizon's award-winning 5G network. And for a limited time, when you bring your own phones to a Verizon store, you get my plan for just $25 a line per month for four unlimited welcome lines with auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Keep your current device and save. Bring your phones to your Verizon store today and get my plan for an amazing deal. $180 promo credit per phone applied over 36 months when you add four new smartphone lines with your own 4G, 5G smartphone on unlimited welcome. Promo credit ends if eligibility requirements are no longer met. Unlimited welcome, $30 per line for four lines, less $5 per line discount. Auto pay and paper-free billing required. Unlimited 5G, 4G LTE. For unlimited welcome plan, in times of congestion, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Domestic data roaming at 2G speeds. Memphis Million is here at Southland Casino Hotel. Over a million dollars in cash, free play, and prizes are up for grabs now through August 30th. Come to Southland every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 4.30 to 8 p.m. Earn a scratch-off card to win free play, food offers, prizes, and bonus drawing entries. New members earn a free scratch-off card instantly when you sign up. Win your share of $75,000 in cash, free play, and prizes each week. See you at Southland Casino Hotel for the Memphis Million Giveaway. Must be 21 plus. Play responsibly. For help quitting, call 800-522-4700. When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Shop weekly sales and get personalized coupons to get the most value out of every trip, every time, whether you shop in-store or online. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. My ride smells just right, just right. Just right, just right, just right, just right, just right, la 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 la. Look 
out Mid-South because at Gossett Mitsubishi on the Pike, inventory is arriving daily and we're ready to put you in a new ride today. Need extra room this vacation? Get seven seats, 27 MPG combined in your new 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander Black ED SUV. $449 a month. Or the White Diamond 2023 Outlander SE. $33085 or $499 a month. And the winner takes all in 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander Plug-In Hybrid PHEV. 420 total range, 64 combined MPGE, 38-minute best charging time, $795 a month. And you'll always get Mitsubishi's 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. That's Gossett Mitsubishi, 1870 Covington Pike, or shop online at MemphisMitsubishi.com. If you want it, we got it and got it more. And excess mileage Outlander PZ012158 MSRP 34555 Outlander SE PZ041164 MSRP 35585 PHEV PZ040302 24 month 12,000 miles per year MSRP 48230 Includes all rebates and incentives PF695 Excludes tax island license With approved credit See dealer for complete details Offer valid through end of the month Dealer stock only It's the first day Of the first grade And she found a new best friend It's a laid back Sunday afternoon You wish would never end The home Taste of bluebell and good friends gathered round. The good old days are being made right now. Wake up your taste buds with Bluebell Java Jolt, a delicious pint of coffee ice cream with dark chocolate flavored chunks and a decadent coffee fudge swirl. It's the jolt you need to perk up your day. The good old days. Are being made right now. The good old days are being made right now. Look for Bluebell ice cream at Jeff Coat Family Markets in Tunica and Marks, Mississippi. Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, back to the Jeff Hawkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Joined now by Dan Devine on Twitter, at Your Man Devine. Of course, he writes for Yahoo Sports. You can read him there. And by all means, listen to the podcast, No Caprum. Uh, wherever you can, wherever you find your uh, podcast, Dan Devine, this morning, <laughs> just this morning, tweeted the following words: "The idea of Marcus Smart being anything but a Celtic feels almost unthinkable, except that Marcus Smart is a Grizzly is one of the most natural NBA sentences <laughs> my brain has ever had to onboard. So unthinkable and also totally natural." Uh, help us make sense of this, Dan. What do you think? He's the most Grizzlies guy that has never been a Grizzly before today. Uh, like, what does Marcus Smart do? He's constantly diving into people and through people and for loose balls, and he might drive you crazy and then also make you fall in love with him constantly. He's Dylan Brooks with, like, an appropriate amount of antidepressants or whatever. Like, there, there's, there's a certain aspect to this where I'm like, well, first off, they solve two problems at once, right? The, it's what do we do with the point guard stuff at the point guard spot with Ja being suspended, and then Tyus Jones is going to be up for a contract in a year. And, oh, man, we are losing our top perimeter defender. We need another guy who can go lock up opposing number one options. You just did that. You found the guy, like the guy who does both of those things um, and who is 
like has played. I mean, I would have to imagine. I haven't done the actual like lineup, the numbers. I would imagine has played more playoff games than everybody on the Grizzlies roster together. Um, nine years has never you know missed right. the playoffs. Five Eastern Conference Finals trips, an NBA Finals trip. Like, the, you reasonable people can quibble about you know some of the things about Marcus Smart that are uh, you know that make him challenging, like maybe not a pure point guard, uh, you know, not an elite shooter, more willing than elite, all that kind of stuff. But from like, I've, I am, I've always been pretty deeply in the tank for Marcus Smart as like, if you need to go into a foxhole, that is a guy you want in the foxhole with you. And I think coming out of, or I mean, not, not even that the Grizzlies are coming out of it, like, with everything the Grizzlies have gone through in the last several months, um, a guy who, Went from, like, you say there were some questions about his reputation coming out of college, and then he completely established himself as, like, the leader and the stalwart for a perennial championship contender in Boston. And now you get that guy to come in while not over the hill, like, 29 years old, like, still very much in his athletic prime. Um, it just it feels like an absolute perfect fit. Uh, I understand I've seen some, some grumbling and some grousing about the price tag on it. Tyus Jones, obviously, a really good player. Two first-round picks, although one is you know, 25 and the other one is the protected Warriors pick, which, you know, TBD on, on that. But, like, it feels a little bit like if you were going to overpay in terms of pick equity to do it for a guy who checks two huge boxes for you and pre- represents, like, a huge vibes upgrade, feels like a, a really, really smart piece of business here. It's interesting. Even the way you started this was the most Grizzly player who's never been a Grizzly. I started thinking to myself, is that even the Grizzlies anymore? Like there, there was, mm. it was, it had, it was the Grizzlies and it, it, it's a way of, I guess, affirming that that's what the Grizzlies are. Because I do think you've, you can wonder, start a little bit. Is that what the Grizzlies have represented? Um, and so I, I, I do love that about the deal. Um, what it just just so we have the full picture, what does frustrate? Um, what does what, what when when Celtics fans were frustrated with Marcus Smart, what frustrated them? I think part of it is like he was he's insistent that he was a point guard, but it never seemed like the most pure point guard, right? Like it's not, it's not. Tyus Jones, in turn, if, you're, if what you're looking for is, you know, high assist ter- to turnover ratio kind of metronome steady backbeat, that's Tyus Jones. And Marcus Smart is always a little more jagged than that. Um, still not a high turnover guy, but it's, just, it's not as, like, smooth and natural as a uh, top playmaker. Um, which will, you know, not necessarily be the role he, I mean, ideally it's not the role he plays after game 25, right? Like he winds up playing next to the guy who does that and is sort of the bodyguard for John Morant, um, for lack of a, perhaps not the most appropriate term right now. Anyway, um, uh, but, uh, and, and they're uh, similar, similar in some respect to the Dylan Brooks issue of like, you're on a team with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and, you know, insert other 45% or 40% three-point shooters here. It certainly seems like Marcus Smart winds up taking a lot of big shots and maybe more shots than uh, you would prefer that he take. But um, I think he's still he's a higher end option in that regard than Brooks. He's also more he's not nearly as uh, uh, you know calling his own number in those cases as Brooks was throughout the, the, uh, the last couple of postseason runs. 
Um, he's somebody that defenses have to respect more frequently. He's also a better playmaker with the ball in his hand. So, like, a lot of the things that people would get really upset about in terms of the on-court manifestation of Dylan Brooks on offense, there's some of that, but the volume's turned down on it. And in terms of what he provides leadership-wise, multi-positional defense, all that kind of stuff. He's shorter than Dylan Brooks, but I think he's gonna, he'll be able to do a lot of the same things defensively. Um, one of the things that I always flash on, and it's funny that they wound up in the deal together, was early in Porzingis' career in New York. I remember, I remember watching uh, a Knicks-Celtics game, and he was just busting up Boston. Like, you know, they, they did not have an answer for him because he was seven foot three and he could shoot right. over the top of everybody. And so Brad Stevens said, I'm just going to put Marcus on him. And Marcus went, Marcus was staring at his belly button, basically, but like was underneath him in the way that elite dog defenders are. And that was the end of Kristaps Porzingis' big night. And so that, he's the, he is that guy. He, is, he has jokingly referred to himself as a stretch six. A, uh, a, a, I, I'm not a point guard. I'm not a small ball center. I'm a stretch six, which I, I kind of love. Um, I don't know. I think I, I, there's, just, there's a lot to commend him, I think. And uh, if you, uh, the, uh, again, I understand the, the argument about draft capital outgoing, but I also kind of feel like you are constantly rostering, you know, the, these late 20s picks. And, you know, I think it's 14 guaranteed salaries at this point, 13, 14, something like that. Um, and the whole point, the argument of that Warriors pick is like a great trade chip. And my answer to that is like, yeah, it just got you a guy who can be, who can be, who can be on the court in huge minutes in a third round playoff series or get you to the finals. Like, I, I think that's what you use those chips for. Um, and so I'm, and listen, we could be talking in, in six or eight months and this could all, you know, come back to bite. But I think if you were looking for a bounce back, get the feelings moving again in a positive direction kind of move that also that checks boxes for your on-court situation and brings of like everyone, you know, we talked about the veteran leadership component to that, like, it, it, it feels like a, like a it feels very like a, a natural and very strong fit. And, and to your point of earlier, like is that who the Grizzlies are anymore? Maybe a little bit of the old stuff ain't so bad. Oh no, that's what I want. I want a little. I want a little of that back. And it's not as if the Grizzlies, you know, they didn't go. They didn't go fe- fe- full Phoenix here or something. They didn't disgorge right. all their. They still have their future pick for next year. They've got tradable contracts. They have not. They haven't. They haven't. Uh, hand, you know, handicapped themselves in going forward. How comfortable do you think they will feel playing Ja, Dez, and Marcus Smart uh, together? Yeah, I mean, it's a little small across the perimeter positions. I think the, they, they top out at what, like, uh, Baines listed at, what, 6'5", and, you know, maybe, you know, on, on a tippy-toe nice day, but, right. like, um, I think the strength that Bain and Smart, like, Smart is, is 6'4", 220, but, like, he wears it like he's a strong safety, and like he's like like, an, like that kind of. I would feel comfortable with Marcus Smart guarding pretty much everybody. He had, he, there, he had a down season on the defensive end last year. Um, you know, Derek White wound up being the all defensive team guard from Boston, but uh, I I think in the in the playoffs especially you know, you saw some of that bounce back. I think Smart is there's way too much pedigree and way too much uh, you know quality performance there to feel anything but comfortable with him taking on your top perimeter uh, perimeter defensive assignments. But it'll require some, some adjustments. I mean, the good news is you've got 
uh, a, a, you know, defensive player of the year backstop behind him too to cover those things up. I mean, I, I think one of the bigger questions, and it, it remains to be seen how it'll get addressed, is. You know, you're, you've got Stephen Adams coming off of an injury. You've got uh, Brandon Clark likely missing most of the season uh, as he continues his rehab. So, what else you do in the front court to fortify things is is the you know sort of the next big question to me. And then we've talked you know a number of times before about the, the issue on the wing. Like, yeah, you you've replaced. Dylan Brooks as a you know sort of lots of his function, but if you need like where's your six seven six eight wing player to go you know to sort of to slot in there, I think it's a huge huge opportunity again for uh, oh my god now I'm forgetting his name two years ago started the rookie um, yeah, Zaire Williams. Williams yeah. actually um, to me this it the nice thing is it actually it gives David Roddy Jake Laravia Zaire mm-hmm. Williams. There's an opportunity here, but they're also not going to be, you know, they're not absolutely needed. You know, you can go Luke Kennard right. and Marcus Smart and whatever, but I don't rule out the possibility that one of those players might turn into the, the credible wing. I haven't given up on them. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's, I mean, Laravia basically spent most of last year with the hustle, so yeah. it, it's, you know, it's kind of a redshirt year for him. Roddy, I think, uh, showed some flashes and was pretty impressive in a lot of the opportunities he got. Zaire, I mean, Zaire was a starter on a playoff team that won a ton of games and just last year kind of fell off the map. So the, uh, the, there are options there. As you mentioned, there's also, uh, you know, there, there's, there, there, yeah, there's the mid-level exception. There are other opportunities there, and there's plenty of draft capital still in the chamber if you need to go that route. So I think there, I was, I'm, not so, I'm not sure this is the end of the transi- uh, sort of transaction cycle in Memphis, but um, I do think that if this is what it is, You'll be a little small on the perimeter, but the, with the, you know the length of you know Jazik long at the point, Smart is long at the point. Uh, Smart and and Bain are both strong for their. I think I think you can kind of make it work, provided uh, Jaron and then whoever else is at the four there are going to be able to kind of cover things up behind. I, I'm still bullish on the opportunity, but it's going to look a little different. Um, and what do you make of this from the Boston perspective? I'll confess that that in the end, you can debate the value the Grizzlies or what, whether they quote unquote in some abstract way overpaid. Um, I think one of the surprises is wait, how does Boston get Porzingis and both of the firsts? Like right. it, it, I know in some ways, it, I think it's a tribute to Marcus Smart that it feels like half of Boston is in mourning over this deal yeah. because from a quote unquote value perspective. They, you would think, would feel pretty good about things. Yeah. I, I, so the the, uh, the argument for Porzingis from the Celtics' perspective is he's basically insurance for both of their bigs. Right. He's like he gives you the stretch of Al Horford and he gives you the shot blocking of Robert Williams, and so you can play all you know two of those three together at all times. You can reduce Horford's minutes load if uh, Robert Williams winds up being, uh, you know, missing time due to injury, which seems to happen pretty much every year. Porzingis is, will still be able to be that rim protector, that drop defense defender. Um, and so, and he's coming off maybe the best season of his career uh, in Washington last year. That it's, it's a real if a tree falls in the forest kind of moment because nobody paid any attention to the Wizards last year, uh, but he was really good on a team of no consequence. So the question is like, all right, can you do that? under the bright lights of when all the games matter and the expectation is championship contention, which is something that Chris Epps has not uh, been uh, – that's the kind of pressure he's not played under in the pros. So, and it was also like his first – what maybe his only largely healthy season since he had the knee injury uh, with the Knicks. So there's that, that aspect too. So, you know, you're now – if you're Boston, you're relying a lot on – 
getting mostly full seasons and healthy production from Porzingis and from Malcolm Brogdon, who, as of you know, for most of yesterday, was the guard going out. Um, in, in the, a formulation of that deal with the Clippers, he was supposed to be headed to LA, according to multiple reports. And then the Clippers, at the last minute, said they they kind of blanched at the idea of bringing him on after he'd had a torn uh, tendon in his elbow, which affected him throughout the postseason, and he needed surgery on it. They didn't feel good about his medicals, so now, which led to needing to put Smart in the deal and find a new third team. So. From Boston's perspective there, you're like, well, we gave up this standard-bearer guy. We really better hope that Malcolm's all right come the start of the season and that Brogdon's going to be able to, uh, to you know, replicate the kind of six-man-of-the-year production that he gave them coming off this elbow injury in his shooting arm. Um, it's also a, bad, a huge bet on Derek White, who you know, earned more minutes in a larger role. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Peyton Pritchard now, who had been spoiling for a larger role but was kind of the odd man out in that rotation. Is that still the case, or does he, you know, does he still want out because, you know, it's, you know, uh, I, I've soured on the opportunity here. Uh, it, it remains uh, sort of unclear. But, yeah, the idea that it, going from Brogdon is an okay price to pay to get Porzingis in because it rebalances our roster in a way that we feel good about to getting rid of Smart is a hard swallow. We need multiple picks to do it. Um, I think that's you're right. That's like the freight that got paid to get them to say okay to it. But you're and you're also right. Maybe the biggest mystery of all of this is how the Wizards are the ones who wind up with no picks. <laughs> But they do have, they basically have, it feels like most of the point guards, they're collecting point guards. they got Monte Morris and Delonte Wright and CP3, and presumably he'll be gone and Tyus will be the starter. 